Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you? You got the hoodie on. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you feeling, man? It's been good. We haven't talked in a while. There was a bye week. Football didn't play. Last time we talked was the the last podcast, whichever that was. Was it the basketball one where we panicked? No. No, it was, it was a football, football one. It was football one. one. It was football. It was after the UAB loss. That's the last time we yep. did it. Yep. Well, how, hey, how happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You know, because I'm not sure we're going to do a podcast before Thanksgiving for the for the football game. Yeah, we don't it know might be It might be your Food Coma Friday podcast of the week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you just sit there with your phone. Yeah. Leftovers. Exactly. And then, you know, I'm going to be the celebrating leftover turkey. Win. Yeah, leftover turkey, ham, whatever else you got. I'm doing good, Bernie. How are you doing? Are you, are you a fan of leftover? Like at Thanksgiving, like like on the Friday after. The As a rule, after. I'm not a fan of leftovers because everyone puts them in the microwave for like 50 minutes, way too long, and they dry out. You know what I mean? So it okay. depends. It depends. This is like an conversation. So it, it so you are critiquing. Okay, go ahead. Because like if the, if the turkey's dry, like the day of, like you mm-hmm. already know, off rip, it's not going to be good leftovers. Yeah. But you have the 50 50 chance then if it is if it isn't dry. And then you heat it up. But if you heat it up and it's dry, it's a no-go. So you're saying put it in the oven, right? I'm saying don't put it in the microwave for five minutes. I'm saying you okay. put it in for like a minute, minute and 20. Because I, I, I think I've started as well reheating things in the oven. Things that could go, you know. I'm going to have to – I'm going to have to – the fact that you're able to reheat things in the oven – Is that, is that bougie of me? <laughs> I was going to say that <laughs> might change your socioeconomic status. By itself, is is my electricity bill really, like Rudy, actually going up? Rudy goes, like, I don't know. But I'm just imagine you getting home to your apartment, you put on like an apron, you just go, mm, some leftovers, and put it in a pan and throw it in the oven. <laughs> whereas, 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 I'm thinking like if 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 like there's that image right of the oven, and then if, yeah. if it's me, it's like I get out of bed at like 2 p.m. Yeah. I open the fridge, you have a plate already made, you throw it in the microwave, you already hate yourself for doing what you're doing, waking up this late. You know, it's it's a different, it's a different thing. No, yeah, no, I mean definitely some some things get warmed up in the microwave. I'm just saying, like for instance, I made chicken the other day, some thighs, some mm-hmm. some legs, all this stuff, like legitimately, you know. See all the all you know the whole nine, and I was not gonna put that in the microwave to reheat it, so I put it back in the I put put the oven on, put it in the oven, took it out, ate it. What's more bougie, reheating something in an air fryer or in an oven? Oven for sure. See, nothing about the air fryer is bougie to me. I think the fact of owning one's just bougie, because it's like a microwave. But a microwave for people that don't want their stuff to taste like it was in a microwave. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Okay. Um, but yeah, I am looking forward to Thanksgiving. It's probably the only time. It, I mean, how often do you we eat like actual, actual turkey? Like, you know, like you can eat like the turkey um, slices, you know, uh, on like a sandwich or something. But like turkey's like the main meal. That's not happening very often for me, at least. I don't know about you. So is that annoying that people get say they get tired of turkey when in reality they might only have turkey three times a year? Very tired. Well, the thing is, so that yeah, that's why I'm not I'm not going to judge people that do get tired of it because like by Saturday. No, no, for, you just brought that up, and now it's a stat in my head. Three, three out of three sixty five. That's yeah. a low percentage. Of that's what I'm year. saying. You know what that's I mean? what I'm saying. You can survive waking up and eating some you turkey. Know, Ten thirty a.m. 
You're like, what? What's for food? What's for what's for brunch? <laughs> no, what's for breakfast? What's for breakfast? <laughs> Roll out the turkey and stuffing. Turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, and then three four hours later, you go back and it's the same thing. What's your okay? What's your top three? What, do you, what do you what do you what do you what are you looking forward like you walk into your house so give me your three oh, main mac foods and cheese is up there for give sure me your, give me your three foods and then give me your single dessert mac and cheese is, is way up there because if mm. it's if it's if it's good it's good obviously yeah. um i you know i think ham if it's if it's you know 10 juicy enough i think it could it could be good because it's not the usual ham that you eat right it's not like it's not sandwich is that what you base everything off of now? If, it, if it's done well, like this is an event, you know. Yeah. So, um, it's not sandwich I, mac and cheese. I'll throw ham up there. What would be third? Um, I mean, you got stuffing. You got, I mean, you got corn, but corn's kind of you're not doing anything special with the corn. It's just there. Um, yeah, mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes, rolls, rolls. All right, I'll, I'll throw rolls up there. Sure. As your third, I feel like that's a basic like children's type thing. I, I like you would definitely go ham on like twenty rolls in the span of two. Yeah, years. yeah, yeah. My yeah. mom makes probably like hundred and twenty of them. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Anyways, my top three. Okay, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna say turkey if it's cooked well. You ever had fried turkey? I don't think so. It's fire. Uh, mac and cheese though is gonna take the crown. I forgot to say that my mom makes smoked mac and cheese delicious and then you know i guess you kind of threw in my mouth i gotta go with the rolls for number three yeah 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 what about your dessert i mean there's like give me give me give me some options. one dessert no you get one dessert no no you know give me the me. options pumpkin pie gingerbread cheesecake cookies i don't know what your family makes i was gonna say like is there like pudding I feel like there's gotta be right, like right, like like pudding is up there. Is it I feel banana like I've pudding? pudding before? Cookies. But see, I feel like those are all things that you get. Are you like, a big a pie push. person? I hate pie, but I love pumpkin pie. Okay. Okay. Interesting. It it depends on the pie for me. It has to be good. I'm. Mm. It has to be good. I I'm not just gonna roll out and eat a pie. <laughs> Pie I'm not putting. A, I'm not reheating a pie in the oven. That's all I'm trying to say. Amen. It cheesecake, needs to be a legitimately good. Yeah, I can eat cheesecake. All right. You just don't like desserts. You're you're just like that, huh? Yeah, I don't really eat too many desserts. That's crazy. You don't get this physique with desserts, Colin. All right. It was mine's pumpkin pie, but uh, let's continue. It's been six minutes at least. I know. I'm gonna put it at the front like I did last time, where I was like, yeah. actual conversation starts. I will say there was a comment on that video where it was like, "There's so many great tidbits from this," and it was like everything <laughs> we said in the first five minutes of the podcast and nothing else. That's what yeah, that's what people actually cared about. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's for for the LSU podcast. We talked about it uh, Thanksgiving for like 30 seconds, and there was like half the comments. It was like because we we talked we talked I almost said almost said the s word talked mess about uh cranberry sauce and what's your worst thing at thanksgiving <laughs> it might be cranberry sauce <laughs> i hate stuffing you throw stuffing in what's my plate popular take? and i th oh unpopular take yeah yeah unpopular I, I throw take. it out i would I just just toss it aside Interesting. do you, cranberry sauce do you like all right here's the last thing here's the last thing i promise yeah yep. but again i'm gonna have a disclaimer at the beginning so i don't really care um 
do you like all your foods touching? No, I never so like, like any, for any instance, no, I, I know those people. Listen, <laughs> you'll be in line with these types of people. And it's like a, it's, a, it's almost like they're a serial killer because they, you're in line and they're in line and their foods are all nice and portioned and your foods are all nice and portioned on the plate. And the second you sit down, you're like, yeah, I'm about to eat this and then eat this and then yes, eat this. Exactly. And then they just do this, mix it all together and just what? Yeah, like it's, yeah it's they'll like, just, just dig like, and dig like, and then go. It's like slop. You know, you can't. Thanksgiving's a, a holiday about about what? What is it about, Colin? <laughs> Tell me. Good, good portions. <laughs> Tell me what it's about. <laughs> this is when you put up like the 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 the, the, the rainbow screen on a TV. Beep. <laughs> Just cut Colin it. Said, Thanksgiving is about, and then stopped and thought about what Thanksgiving is about, <laughs> and then said it's about good portions. <laughs> Well, I what was I supposed to be supposed to go down the bad route, the good route. Oh, that's great. Not even not even about being thankful or anything like well, that. Well, because that's definitely just, not the first thing that popped into anybody's head when I said it. When I said it, that well, that's what I was talking about. But I was gonna make a joke out of it, and then you know you have never mind, never mind. You stopped. Oh I had my to. gosh, that is funny. Now, about, the pause. No, no, you gotta portion it. You can't. You can't. You can't be sitting there mixing everything together. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm crying. Um, <laughs> yo, if Colin started giving us the like, the history, the oral history of Thanksgiving, I would have. That would be crazy. We have to cut that out, though. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Uh, history minor Colin Mitchell is in the house. British history minor. British history. That's what it was. Yeah, it was British history. So even more useless. All right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Really Man, I, don't, I don't know how many alumni or history minors and or majors because you just kind of you know made them not feel good about themselves on a, on a week that they're supposed to feel thankful for their degree Rooney. right breaking news no no breaking news my actual job was texting me so all right there's 10 minutes of thanksgiving talk um in breath, that time more texas has gone in that time, North Texas has gone to halftime against Paul Quinn, currently leading 39-28. This is a basketball podcast. Uh, we didn't say that off rip, uh, but it'll be in the headline. Basketball podcast, talking basketball. If you're looking for the football preview, that will be out on Friday, I think we're going to do it on. Um, hmm. And then the game's obviously on Saturday against Rice. So, Colin, uh, last time we did a basketball podcast, it was after the travesty that was Southern Nazarene. Now, I got some feedback. And I got some information about Southern Nazarene. They are a top 10 Division II team. Very good Division II program. They have former Division I players on that team. Uh, so I do want to say that off the rip, you know. And now I will say, speaking with sources around the team, on the team, that are associated with the team. Um, Thank you. <laughs> all of the sources there. Um, you know, I think the team handled it really well. I think that they – uh, went into they didn't get shook. That's what I'm trying to say. Let me so, tell you, if they lost, yeah, we might be feeling something different. But <laughs> I, I think, look, I say that to say they knew they were getting Tyler and Ruben back. Yeah, that's what they knew. Now, again, what happened after the Southern Nazarene game? They still didn't have Tyler and Ruben back, and they went and got their teeth kicked in by St. Mary's. Okay, on the road, 63 to 33. Uh, they didn't practice the entire week. 
they uh, literally just showed up and played, and it looked that like that. It looked, yeah, it looked like, like pickup. Yeah, it looked like they. It didn't even look like pickup because they they were um, discombobulated. Might be the wrong word, but they were not good. So, anyways, get killed by St. Mary's. I tweeted out that game means nothing to me. Yeah, zero, zero to me. I said I need to see this team when Tyler and Ruben come back. Yep. So, Tyler and Ruben come back for the Fresno State game at home, November nineteenth on Saturday, six days after the St. Mary's game. And I said this is the game. This is the one we need to pay attention to. We will see how good they are. Fresno State plays an incredibly slow pace, similar to North Texas. But they rank 120th in Ken Palm. Last year they were in the 70s in Ken Palm. Established program, good program. North Texas got them at home. And I I I loved it. I loved that game. I, I thought it was a great game. They beat they beat Fresno State 61-52. And while it was close for periods, North Texas, I thought, was the better team from start to finish. So um this podcast will be about that. It'll be about, you know, a little bit, I guess, about just the overall, what we think about this season coming off four games. But where were you at? I know you watched the, the game afterwards. Where were you at with North Texas against Fresno State? Uh, I liked how the ball actually moved around. Uh, I think that was the main thing. I mean, Tyler and Ruben obviously are able to do things that not everyone on the team can do yet just because they're not familiar. I mean, I expect Kai to eventually catch up and, and especially mm-hmm. Tyree. But I think the first thing that – came out was the fact how aggressive both Ruben and Tyler were out the gate. I mean, uh, I think Tyler's first shot was a three and it was just net. And it was like, okay, we're back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it felt, it felt different. Um, and only that they, they were, they're, they're the rock that the team needed because we've, we talked about this after Southern Nazarene, they haven't had a, none of them had played together. I mean, yeah. up to that point, I mean, you had Abu basically uh, and they still kind of looked like that when Tyler and uh, Ruben weren't in. And uh, that's what that's what I think was the best was the thing that I saw the most was that they were kind of the stabilizing force for this team uh, against Fresno State. Yeah, and I mean, I I, I don't remember if I said on the podcast or because I talked to you know people about college basketball. It's like I knew once they got Tyler back, you have a back and um, obviously Ruben back. You have a backcourt of Tyler, Ruben, and Kai. That mm-hmm. is a backcourt good enough to win you conference conference USA or you know be a top two top three team in conference USA. Right. Like that backcourt alone is good enough. Now you take those two away, Tyler and Ruben, this team isn't deep enough and isn't experienced enough in minutes together on the court to overcome that. And I think that's pretty, uh, pretty obvious from what we saw from this team throughout the year. So, yeah, Tyler Perry coming back. I mean, four ten from three. I, I just thought he was awesome. Three, three assists, one turnover. He sets the tone for this team he's exactly what they need from a scoring perspective we know they're not gonna be in any high scoring games so every single shot he makes matters mm-hmm. and then i thought ruben was real comfortable as well like i he didn't light it up uh he went what two or three from the from two and oh three from three oh two from the free throw line but you know i i felt like i felt calm when he was in well the game. here's here's the problem that i saw when they were playing at southern nazarene and i guess saint mary's too I just kind of bleeped the St. Mary's game from my head. Uh, <laughs> but when you didn't have Tyler or Ruben, it kind of looked like last year's offense when they're trying to figure out how to get the ball inside. And without Thomas there, you're giving it to Abu, who isn't used to having the ball in his hands that much. And then you're giving yeah. it to a guy like Jaden Martinez or Aaron Scott, who, again, 
both also aren't used on this team, especially to do to do that those things. So then whenever Tyler and Ruben come back, they're they're getting to the paint in different ways. You're no longer having to inbound the ball to Abu. You can yeah. get dribble penetration, and that's the, that's the thing I saw most with Ruben. It wasn't necessarily the scoring, even though he had it was a crazy move. You know, reverse between the legs and then you know layup. But you're able to force pressure on the defense to where you can get the kick out. Now you don't have to give it to Abu, then yeah. swing it around and and kind of have nothing. And and I think that was that was the thing that affected the offense the most. Yeah, um, it was it was obviously refreshing defensively they were right back where they left off you know holding Fresno yeah. 52 points it was a lower possession game so you know make of that what what you will but I I was really happy with the you know as we continue to get into the nitty-gritty the front court play outside of Abu and I know that kind of sounds bad but I I think Abu is can, gonna have a good season like I I, I truly believe he's gonna be fine but when they had Aaron Scott and Jaden Martinez on the court together, I felt really, really good about the flexibility of that lineup. Like those two with how they can rebound, like, yeah, you don't get the post scoring and, you know, the automatic paint touches, but Scott and uh, Martinez, they can shoot. They are tough. They can rebound. I, I, I love those two as a front court pairing. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it, it's almost like uh a complete opposite of what they had in the past. You know, Jaden Martinez can shoot threes. Aaron yeah. Scott can shoot threes. And then not only that, they can move, you know, to an extent with the ball in their hands and still do some of that post scoring. I think I saw Jaden back down uh, mm-hmm. a couple guys in that Fresno State game, and it was like, okay, he can score in multiple ways. Uh, and on the broadcast, I heard he's about to score 1,000 points for his career. So he can yeah. score, and I'm, I'm really excited for him. Uh, obviously, Abu up to this point is – and I, I, I've texted you. It's like I get frustrated because – he's able to do really well and we've seen it. It's just the hands sometimes aren't there or the finishing sometimes is there. And it's frustrating whenever you have a guy that you know that can do it and he just hasn't. Yeah. Um, so where do you, I, the question I wanted to ask you, I wasn't asking you this later, but you already kind of brought it up is where do you think they go from, obviously Abby's not going to leave the starting lineup or anything like that, but do you think they continue closing with like Aaron Scott and Jaden Martinez's and in, in, in this, you know, close with those two instead of a boo. Yeah. I feel like I don't know if this coaching staff would do that. I, I feel like they are kind of married to Abu. I mean, because he is obviously, you know, probably their best rebounder, uh, mm-hmm. can give them a stabilizing force in the middle with the post ups. Um, I don't know. That's a good question because I personally, I mean, we look at things from an NBA lens. I think in a lot of, in a lot of times, yeah. right? Like in a, in an NBA lineup in a playoff matchup, when you're closing games it wouldn't be a question. You would have Martinez and Scott. You'd have Martinez, Scott, maybe like Edie, Kai, or no, not Edie, probably Ruben, Kai, and Tyler, right? Or maybe if you want to sub Edie in for one of those, you could. But uh, that's probably where you would go with a closing lineup. It Again, it depends on the matchup, but I just couldn't see North Texas taking him out of a closing lineup. And Yeah, and I, I'm not trying to like to, you know, to bag down. No, on okay, no, no, no. Because first just... of all, First of all, let me let me pull this up while um while I say this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Let's see what is Abu shooting on the year. Thirty percent. Thirty percent shooting. Thirty percent. Right. It's yeah. four of nine tonight against Paul Quinn. It's it's not good enough. It's not good enough. 
All right. Like bottom line, like I'm, I come on here. Uh, you, you come on here. We, I think on the last podcast, when I went back and listened to it, I was like, you know, Abu's going to be fine. He looked good. All this stuff. Yada, yada. At the end of the day, you got to put the ball in the basket. Yeah. You're shooting 30% from the field. It's not good enough. And even if you're shooting 40% from the field, that's not good enough. So as the biggest guy on the court, you got to be 50 plus. Yeah. At at least 50 plus. At least 50 plus. And that's what we talked about in the Southern Nazarene podcast. Yeah. He's going to shoot the ball a lot. Um, but how many of those are easy opportunities or how many of those are high efficient shots? Mm-hmm. It, not many, not mm-hmm. many. So, um, and that, that's a big thing with this offense is if he's not drawing two like Zach used to do, then it basically makes him less valuable on the court. So that's, that's going to be a big development. A big thing to watch this year is can Abu get his field goal percentage up? Yeah. Can he, can he do it? Because if he's below 50%, the post touches aren't justified team defenses will not respect him. And I think that that it hurts this, this team in a lot of ways. So, um, and kind of going off of that, we talked about it before the, the podcast, Colin, I know this is a very small sample size and two of these games were without Tyler and Ruben and they are shooting better today against Paul Quinn. Let's see where they're at. They're up 12 right now in the second half. Um, so they're four of twelve. So they are twenty-two. I'm sorry. They're twelve of twenty-two from two tonight. Much better. But entering the game, they ranked dead last in two-point field goal percentage. Yeah, dead yeah. last in the country. Twenty-seven yep. percent from two. Twenty-seven percent from two. If you go back and look at the Fresno State win, they shot. Um, where'd he go? I just had it. Uh, they shot seven of 14 from two. So a good percentage, but only 14 shots from two, nine of 32 from three and 20 of 28 from the free throw line. Yeah. Now that's not necessarily an awful thing because what do we always, you know, to go back to our NBA instincts, threes and free throws. Yeah. Like that's, that's great, but it speaks to obviously a booze inefficiency and kind of just the overall inefficiency at the rim and in the paint with this team at this point in the year. Now I do obviously they're going to get better than that percentage like duh but still i think it speaks to where this team is with getting paint touches and creating in on the inside well yeah and in in those first two games that that you just talked about too is if abu's not drawing two which he wasn't those first two games that's what happens to the offense because you're not going to have a guy to you know to kick it back out to and if he's unable to score like they had been then the games are going to look that ugly so that's why it was important that Ruben and Tyler came back and it affected the team it did because if it didn't, we'd be on here having a completely different conversation, uh, you know, about how they're going to be able to attack the basket at all. Um, yeah. Moving on to three-point shooting because I, I think I texted you. I can't remember if it was while watching this because I watched the games back-to-back. I watched Fresno State and then I watched this game. Yeah. Um, three-point shooting has been a concern for me up to this point mm-hmm. just because I need to see Kai hit one back-to-back. Yeah. What's he shooting right now? He's shooting three of twenty from three. Yeah, he's shooting entering almost seven. Game. A, yeah, he's shooting almost yeah, entering this game. He's averaging six point seven attempt and he's making one. Yeah. Three of twenty on the season. Yeah. So uh I need to see because there was a point, I think it was last game or it was this game. They got five off it was this game, Paul Quinn. It was this they game, got, Paul Quinn. They, they got five offensive rebounds. They had three wide open attempts from yep. three, none yep. of them went in. Yep. And it's you need to make shots like that if you're going to try to score more than, you know, you know, they could be up instead of 12, they could be up 18. Yeah. Um, not for nothing. Ruben's never been a, um, what did Ruben shoot last year? I don't want to say he hasn't been, but 
Um, he he hasn't been a knockdown shooter before. Let me let me see what he shot last year to make sure because I actually think he shot a pretty good percentage last year, off the top of my head. But Ruben's over was over three coming in. Um, he is currently two of four from three. So there you go. Yeah, I think uh, he'll be last year he shot thirty four percent. Okay. And the year before he shot forty percent. Yeah. So we'll see what we what they get from him. What they get from Ruben is going to be big as far as three point shooting goes. Uh, we know what we're going to get from Tyler, but Kai, his shot looks nice. And so I'm, I'm inclined to believe he's going to be fine shooting the ball, but still at the end of the day, we, like you said, we got to see two go in in a row. Yeah. Because Not otherwise it's, 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 it's the same thing with Abu, right? Like if you can't have a guard on the perimeter exactly. and you don't really have a lot of shooters, you can't. And I like guard. Kai's game too. I do too. I do too. Like I really like it. Yeah. You just got to make shots. Yeah, exactly. Um, Next thing I wanted to talk about is Matthew Stone. We okay. came into this game, or I, we came into the season, sorry, saying, okay, this guy might get like six, seven minutes a game. Yeah, He's playing. He is playing. What do you, what, what's your thought on that? <clears throat> well, we only have one game sample size. Well, two, I guess, with Paul Quinn now. But of one game sample size of him with the entire team, and he played 20 minutes, so that is substantial. Um, look, he played more than Kai against Fresno State. If Kai cannot improve to the point where he's playing more than Matthew Stone, then we have an issue on our hands. Uh, and that's not a shot to Matthew Stone. Matthew Stone, is, I, again, I talked to people on the team. It's like Matthew Stone's one of the toughest players on the team. Like he's, you, you trust him. You trust him because yeah. he, he fights, right? Yeah. Cool. But Ruben played 20 minutes. Um, Kai played 18 minutes. Matt Stone played 20 minutes. Like that minutes just distribution between those three should look obviously like, you know, 30, 25 and – 10 to 10 to Matthew Stone, I think in a perfect world. And, um, you know, Matthew Stone has to be able to make open threes and take open threes because we saw far too often, look, he had his shot when Tyler Perry and Ruben weren't playing. When those two weren't playing, that was your audition to go put up points, do something. And I, I didn't see anything that made me say, you know what? He deserves more minutes. Like, yeah, he got an offensive rebound when they needed it against Southern Nazarene cool but again that was your audition and so that that might be harsh to say i think he's gonna help this team i think he's fine i think he's a fine seventh eighth man off uh on the team but yeah no i don't see him continuing to play 20 minutes a game okay is that harsh does that mean no i was i I just brought up because you know watching the fresno state and then watching the first half of this game it's he almost adds a different toughness to the team on the defensive end obviously in the offensive end you need him to hit the threes but I think just the fact that he's able – he's kind of like a hybrid wing in a weird way, um, and he's strong. So I was just curious, like, on what you thought about that, like how much this team will use that over – especially the way they play, will use that over scoring. So One, two, three. Look, I think they have the, – I think he's – I think they have their eight now. I think they yeah. have their eight-man rotation now, right? You got your starters, um, and then – I mean, Ruben's still coming off the bench right now, right? I didn't catch the beginning of this Paul Quinn, Paul Quinn game. I think they're still starting Edie. Um, yeah, he started tonight. Yeah, so you got Ruben and J.D. Martinez off the bench, right, as your guard rotation and your forward rotation, and then Matt Stone can kind of plug in on the wing wherever you need him for yeah. 10 minutes a game. I'm cool with that. That's fine. But, yeah, I think we have our eight now, which, you know, North Texas likes to play guys a lot of minutes whenever they get comfortable. I'm cool with that. So it's true. Um, last, Do you have anything else on this game or this team specifically? No. What about okay. you? Uh, I was going to talk about how good Conference USA is real quick because uh, 
damn, this conference is good. <laughs> this conference is good. Um, last year, I think they ended the year 13th in the country in Ken Palm's uh, conference rankings. Currently, they are 11th. UAB is 4-1, and one, just beat Georgia handily. Georgia's not good, but still, it's an SEC team. Um, FAU beat Florida. Florida's actually good in an SEC team. Uh, Western Kentucky lost uh, yesterday um, to Akron. Akron, which was, Akron, yeah. Which was disappointing, but they bounced back nice with a win today. Uh, La Tech put up a fight against Tech, uh, Texas Tech. Uh, UTEP has had some good results. Charlotte's had some good results. Uh, the the bottom three, FIU, Rice, and UTSA, aren't great. UTSA is awful, but actually beat Texas State recently. So I'm just saying all this because out of 11 teams, I think eight of them are legitimately good teams. Like eight of them, yeah. UTEP is the lowest ranked in Ken Palm, and they're 170. And I honestly think they're better than 170 personally. But, like, still, you're potentially talking about eight teams in the top 150. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. North Texas is in 76th in Ken Palm. FAU 75 in Ken Palm. UAB 42. Western's dropped down to 113. But, like, it's going to be a battle every single game, every single night. And if this is, as we know, this is a huge time for Conference USA you got to well, win this, this is the time. There's this no other the time, time after this year for how good this. Yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. We'll be talking about a very different. We'll, we'll be talking about a different conference as a whole. And yeah, but this is, this is it for them. This is it for conference. You say you gotta, you gotta win games, you gotta win games in the non-conference schedule. If you're going to get two bids after, after seeing, you know, the, the game so far, where do you think North Texas will end up falling? Obviously we don't know how good they can be in the but, conference. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know how good they can be because, you know, yeah. the circumstances so far. But in how you, you thought they would come in, you know, I think you and I both had them about two or three. Yeah, I had them third, I think. Yeah. Where do you think – do you think it still holds, I should say? Or do you yeah, think – Yeah, I still think be... they're – I still think they're a top three team, top three or four team. Uh, UAB is – I don't know if how consistent they are, but they are obviously elite – FAU, I think, is very elite. Um, they're going to be up there. Tough to beat. Western is, you know. Western. <laughs> yeah, Western's Western. La Tech is going to be La Tech. Man, it's just going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be really tough. So, Like, like Grant said when we interviewed him, there's no – there's no. Uh, well, I guess he didn't say this. We kind of said this. You don't have the teams at the bottom holding the conference down. You know, it's, it's the home and away, home and away, home and away. It's a grind fest every week. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's not the same. It's not years past where you and I could go into a week and we're like, oh, yeah, we don't really need to watch this whole game yeah. of them playing and whoever. Even though I think Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss are decent this year, um, you want it, – it, it's – with only 11 teams, you, it's a lot more saturated, you know, or is that the right word? It's desaturated. Know. Desaturated. What do you? Okay. Well, it depends on what you're saturating. Bottom, bottom line: the higher rankings line. are more saturated. Exactly. There the, you go. The, <laughs> high, the, the higher rankings of UAB and FAU and North Texas mean more, right. right? Right. So they carry more weight. That's what I'm trying to say, and that's what I think is an interesting uh, aspect of this whole season is that as long as those top eight teams that I said are all actually good, then you know, Conference USA will have a chance. They'll have a chance. I think UAB will have to be the automatic bid, though. Or the, the at-large bid, though. I think UAB will have to, just based off of 
where they rank metrics wise and then you know they have i think they'll have to probably beat like a a west virginia uab will or a south carolina uh you know but they they have the ability to win those games because they are so i think like flammable is a good word for them yeah they can put them in the right situation yeah yeah if you put them in the right situation they might explode and just destroy it i think i think if if a team like Western or North Texas has a similar season like North Texas did last year where they just run the conference. I think you could have an at-large bid by a team like that. That'd be interesting, yeah. Um, but I think that's going to be really hard with a conference that's this tough um, that's, this time around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you need probably UAB to go in and beat South Carolina, and then you would have a win over South Carolina and Georgia, um, and, you know, obviously a couple wins in there. And then and – then, you need UAB to, you know, go like 14 and four or there's 20 games. So 15 and five or something in conference, have a good conference season. And then strength of schedule is much higher this year for a conference team. So anyways, um, yeah, I think UAB probably is the best shot at that. But, you know, who knows? Maybe North Texas can put it together and go on a run and um, get things get things clicking. Like we Where's your panic can. meter at now? Is it, it's not seven. I know that. It was at seven before. No, I feel I feel great. I feel great. Feel about good. Um, I feel really good. I'm at like a, a two. I told you I was gonna be at a two once Ruben and Tyler came back. I think you did say. I think you said that on the podcast. Yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, I I would agree with that. It's it's definitely they're kind of running away with the game now, which is good. Yeah, it's very good. This this Paul Quinn team only lost to SMU, I think, by fourteen. Yeah. So pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, Colin. That it? We good? Yeah. We good on basketball. Um, like I said, football podcast coming Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, we hope you all enjoyed. We hope you all enjoyed our Thanksgiving talk mm. for the first 10 minutes. Trying to pay the bills, get to 30-minute podcasts. So <laughs> I hope you, all, hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, and, yeah, subscribe to the channel, to the YouTube if you haven't already. Uh, follow us on Twitter right down there below our names. Uh, to do, do this. The, face, the Facebook above me, the Spotify above Colin, all of the outlets you could support us on. We appreciate it. So, yeah, for Colin Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni. Thank you all for joining us.